In today's episode, we're going to talk about navigating a crisis of faith. Have you ever found yourself in a crisis of faith? Did you maybe grow up religious, and as you became an adult, you had more questions than answers? Well, let's talk about some healthy ways to deal with a crisis of faith. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's Timmy Gibson. So what do you do when you start having doubts and questions and your faith is under attack by your own mind or what you're experiencing in life or just within? This is something that is really close to my heart (laughs) Uh, because I went through quite a crisis of faith over the last years. It's been a crisis of faith for a long time. I mean, it started all the way back when I was in Bible college back in 1990. Um, Just certain things that I was told to believe, I just couldn't I just couldn't um, I just couldn't believe it some of it I just I couldn't I couldn't uh, believe it now of course I mean you're in Bible college you got to act like you believe it <laughs> I mean you can't you're in Bible college you you can't you can't own up to to the uh, to the questions and the doubts that that you have uh, or at least I didn't feel that you could you know that 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 that's on me I didn't feel like I was in a safe space to be able to have doubts and questions about what I was being taught was, in fact, true, absolute universal truth, absolutely true for all people everywhere all the time. And uh, this was this was quite a challenge for me. And that's part of what this whole podcast uh, for me is, is kind of just a platform for me to journal through audio, my journey of, of faith from, from fundamental evangelical Christian to looking into the eyes of atheism and then falling down into more of a middle of the road, I, I guess you would call it. I still would consider myself a quasi-Christian. Uh, I, I no longer identify as an evangelical Christian because to be an evangelical Christian, there are certain things that you must believe in order to be qualified evangelical. And so, you know, I, I couldn't, I couldn't do that. And sometimes I even hesitate to call myself a Christian. I feel a little bit more comfortable with calling myself spiritual with Christian roots. So, anyway, regardless. Um, maybe you are questioning things and wondering. And I think uh, for, for me, if, if I could help anybody, um, it would be to help them find the balance. And what I mean by that is for some people, they have a crisis of faith and they've find safety and comfort in remaining or returning to an evangelical fundamental faith. No problem with that. We live in a free country. People can believe whatever they want to believe, especially when it comes to things that 
no one knows for sure, right? So, you know, is there a heaven? Is there a hell? Is there a God? Is Was Jesus born of a virgin? All these things that, that we either claim to believe, uh, claim to be true, think are true. The Bible says it's true, so then that makes it true for some people. You know, these these this creates a lot of discussion, a lot of argument, a lot of um, heated debate. I mean, it seems these days I can't even post a funny joke on social media anymore without eliciting every um, evangelical Christian to feel compelled to correct me and to, to show me the the errors of my ways. <laughs> oh my goodness. You know, and the reality is um, no one knows, right? I mean, the, the, the bottom line is no one knows. That's why it's things of faith. That's why it takes faith. I think that's even why the Bible records that, you know, it's, it's by it's faith that pleases God. And so, you know, when it comes down to it, it 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 takes faith to be an atheist. It takes faith to be uh, a Christian. It takes faith to be a human. It takes faith to be a parent. It takes faith to be a man. It takes faith to be a woman. I mean, it takes faith to be in a marriage. It takes faith to be single. I mean, it takes faith. <laughs> I mean, right? Isn't life just all about? living by faith, really, realistically. Uh, so I think, okay, so just for me, my journey has been one of, again, for me, it has brought me much peace and much clarity, much comfort uh, and hope, to be honest. Um, to be able to be honest with myself and say, no, that's not knowable, but by faith, you can choose to believe it. In other words, I can, I can believe something even though there's no proof if I want to. That, that's, that's a decision that I can make. Now, where the, I think the big argument comes in, especially for, for an evangelical, is, the, is the, the Bible. You know, Evangelicals believe that the Bible is the absolute word of God. It's 100% true in every way. It's undeniable. It's indestructible. It's incorruptible. It's um, without error. It's God breathed. So, in, in essence, you know what they believe is it's a perfect book, and that's where I, you know, I don't believe that. I, I don't believe that it's a perfect book. I think it's a great book. I think it's an awesome book. I think it's an awe-inspiring book, and I think. Um, yes, is some of it inspired? Oh, I mean, I would, I would even go that far and say, yeah, I think there's things in the Bible that are inspired. Um, but is it the all be all end all? And, and for me, it is not. Um, again, if you're listening and it is, then, then great. <laughs> if that works for you and that, and that brings you comfort. Part of the, the challenge that I've always run into are, uh, are, is with people who, for whatever reason, feel it necessary to correct others in their beliefs about something that, you know, they can't know. So to correct someone about something, you know, it's one thing that if someone writes down one plus one is three, of course you can correct, you can correct that and show and prove that that is incorrect. 
But when it comes to heaven or hell or certain things like that, it's all based upon belief. It, you can't, no one can prove it because if they could, then, you know, everybody would, everybody would believe the same. But the reality is that, that you can't prove it. It's, it's a matter of faith. But then when it comes to the scripture, obviously this is a big, this is a big sticking point. And I, and, and this is what, again, just my journey, what freed me up to really um, allow myself to go places that I could have never allowed myself to go early on was to, for me to take an honest look at the scripture and to really look at it for what it is and not try to uh, deify it. And so, you know, I do not look at scripture as a deity. I don't look at the Bible as, as a deity. I look at it as spiritual writings. You know, it's a religious book. It's a religious text. And it has lots of wonderful, powerful, life-changing um, principles and, and, and stories and parables. And it's, I mean, in all intents and purposes, I mean, it's just, it's just a, it's a marvelous book for sure. Um, I mean, my, my value of, of scripture is, is really high. I, I just don't, I just don't think the scripture um, is a deity. I don't, I don't look at the Bible as something worthy of, of worship. I think it is worthy of something to read, which it now can, now can I just, now can I poke a little bit? Can I, can I, I guess, judge or justify a little bit here. <laughs> so like, I, I know what I'm getting ready to do right now. It, it's not needed or necessary, but, but I just have to do it because it's coming up in me. What I find fascinating is that so many of those that put the Bible on a deity level, they, you know, they, they say it is the word of God and it's indestructible, indestructible, undeniable, perfectly yada, 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 but then they never read it. I always found that that so fascinating to me. Um, you know, being being an evangelical pastor for thirty years, having gone to Bible school, uh, I was so fascinated how people would elevate this book so high as it was such a, but then they didn't study it or read it. Um, which, in fact, this is a this is a true this is true. I, I, and I I didn't look it up before I came on here to podcast it, but I know it's true because I've read it many many times and I've heard it many many times. But uh, the the number of people who the number of evangelical Christians or even Christians who actually read the Bible, it, it's so low. Like I, can't, I it's like less than ten percent. I think is what the statistic says. I mean, less than ten percent. So I think there needs to be an adjustment there. I mean, if 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 you believe that something is that accurate and that true and that awesome. I would encourage you to to read it every day, like I really would, and and you know even with my my particular view of the Bible, I would tell you read it every day. <laughs> I, I would highly recommend and encourage you to to read it every day. You know, do do some kind of a devotional. Um, you know, read it for what it really says, because that's that's what kind of took me on the journey of faith. I, I continued to read and study the Bible. And still to this day, it's something I don't do as often as I don't do it every day, but I do it weekly 
where I read or I study or I refresh myself on various parables and, and stories in the Old Testament or even the New Testament, um, because I do value uh, the scripture and I do value uh, the words that are written in the Bible. But so that that's a really big sticking point. Um, and when that, that was probably the last hurdle that I had to really climb over was, was that hurdle. Again, this has been a, a long journey, a long journey of, of self-discovery. So here's, here's just some principles that I would encourage uh, you to, to think about, to consider for yourself. And that is, and especially again, for those that are, uh, I keep saying that I need to, I need to scratch that from my vocabulary. If you are in the midst of a crisis of faith and how, what I would determine is a crisis of faith, it's it, usually here's how it goes. When we're, kids we go to church with our parents and then when we go off to college we stop and then we only would go to church when we come back to visit our parents or big holidays and we some would still consider themselves christian or people of faith they're just not active in the church okay nothing wrong with that nothing wrong with that at all but they're not active in church other people get really disenfranchised with the church for whatever reason, whether they, there's so many reasons, you know, whether they were uh, gay and got excommunicated from the church or went through a divorce, got excommunicated from the church or had doubts and questions about things and got excommunicated from the church. I mean, there's so many things. I mean, there's just so many things or like within the Catholic church, there's a, a big, you know, all the stuff the Catholic Church went through. Well, I know a lot of people went through a crisis of faith during that time, lost their faith in priests, which then, of course, led to losing their faith for the Catholic Church, and then ultimately for some losing their faith in God. So where my journey took me is not a loss of faith in God, but just a loss of faith in the brand of God that I was taught or fed or led to believe. And uh, like I mentioned earlier, I mean, I, I definitely began eyeballing atheism, interviewed some atheists, um, but that I just didn't, that, that just, for whatever reason, like I just couldn't go there. You know, some would say, well, because there, there is a God, you just couldn't go there because, well, okay, whatever. Uh, you know, it, I just know that I couldn't. Uh, I thought about it and I even, like I said, listened to a lot of debates. I interviewed some friends of mine who are atheists and that just didn't resonate with me. Uh, to me, that takes way more faith, uh, takes way more faith to be an atheist than it does uh to, to believe. And, and also this is just my judgment. Uh, no, I like to go back. It's not my judgment. This isn't a judgment. This is my observation. Cause I, if this isn't a judgment, it's my observation. What I see from atheists or atheism is just so 
negative. That's that's my that's my only that's my only argument. And maybe I haven't experienced enough atheists. Um, because you know, if you're listening to this and you're atheist, you know, maybe you're super kind. If you are, let's go to coffee. I'd love to meet and talk to a an atheist that's not hateful. So I have a very limited experience, but a lot of the atheists that I have especially activated. So maybe that's what it is. I've not met a lot of just apathetic atheists. A lot of the atheists that I've run into are hardcore a active atheists, meaning they want to destroy the belief of God in our country. <laughs> you know, they don't want anybody to believe in God. You know, I, I don't find that appealing at all. I think that we live in a country where you can believe whatever the hell you want to believe. And, and it's all good. Right. And, and for me, the bottom line, the, at the end of the day, uh, you do what's right for you. And as long as it doesn't hurt you or hurt anyone else, of course, you can do things that hurt you. I guess that's your free will. But, you know, if, as long as what you're doing is not hurting anyone else um, and you believe in, in, in love and kindness and charity and, and those things, then, pff, hey, we're good, man. We're good. Uh, so that's the only thing that I would say about atheism is I have yet to find uh, outside of those that are apathetic, meaning they don't, they're not actively, they're just like, well, they're just atheists, but they don't really care. Uh, outside of those, any activistic kind of atheist that I've ever met sure seemed to be, sure seemed to not smile a lot. Uh, didn't seem to be really happy about life. <laughs> so anyway, that quickly became something that I didn't, I didn't resonate with at all. But I could also, again, never resonate with the evangelical, fundamental, right-wing kind of Bible-thumper type belief system either. And so, you know, I was left out in this cool, cruel world <laughs> to fend for myself, and I, and I really didn't know what to do, to be honest. I mean, spending 30 years as an evangelical pastor preaching and teaching the Bible and I'm just like, man, what do I do? Where do I go? I, I, like, where do I land on all this? You know? And, you know, I, I've, I've landed somewhere and it, and it's somewhere in the big, in, in the middle, I guess, but it, but where my beliefs are, here's what's so wild. You know, and who knows where I'll be in, in another year or five years or 10 years. But where I'm at now is really I, I I have beliefs like there's certain things that I believe, but they're so open ended. Meaning, uh, I believe in Jesus, right? But do I believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven? No, I do not. But but I'm okay with someone who does believe that. Like that's okay. Like I'm like that in my belief. I'm I'm open to that. That's that's your that's your right to believe that, right? Uh, another belief, right? Uh, Hindus, I think, believe and and teach uh, reincarnation. Well, I grew up Christianity, so we never taught reincarnation. Uh, you know, we were always taught that to, uh, after death you were with God, and that's it. Like there there is no in between, and so or there is no coming back. That's it. You get one life and that's it. Okay, fine. Like if you want to believe in reincarnation, that's fine too. Because guess what? I don't know. Right? I don't, I don't know. 
I have beliefs. There's things that I believe to be true and not true, but I don't know. So does that make sense? Uh, it makes sense to me. Um, and maybe that's part of the problem, but the, it makes sense to me because part of the argument that I always wrestled with within the Christian faith, again, the evangelical Christian faith was this, I'm right. How I see the Bible, how I interpret the Bible is right. It's correct. It is the ultimate truth. Therefore, if you don't see it, like I see it, you are in error and you're not believing the truth. You know, it's almost like, I mean, how they're, how they're wording it is one plus one is two, but that the, in reality, that it's not that, it's not that way. Now, but that's what they, that's how they view it. They, they would view me as a person who is saying one plus one is whatever you want it to be. Well, <laughs> I, I clearly know that one plus one is two and two plus two is four. And there are other things that, that I know to be true, but to tell me that there is a heaven. And if I don't believe it, I'm wrong. Uh, uh, well, prove it to me then. Well, you can't, that's just it. You can't prove it. So how I solve that problem is I believe in heaven, right? If, if I do, I mean, I, I'm a little uncertain about it, but, but at this point I'm like, okay, maybe there's a place after, after we die, a place like heaven, whatever. Okay, fine. But maybe that's not true. In other words, I believe it to be true, but I don't have any proof. I could be wrong. That's just how I see it. Okay. And that, again, the crisis of faith was no longer did I have to build. I heard someone say this recently. I thought it was fascinating that it, beliefs are fine, but as soon as we organize those beliefs, the organization then becomes more important than the belief. And we'll do whatever we can with the organization to twist it, to make it, to continue to fit our narrative, right? It, it's like anything outside of the narrative of what's in the Bible as an evangelical Christian, you have to then spin it into a narrative that works for you. And then, and then even within the Christian church, the evangelical church specifically, it, we would really pick and choose. I mean, there was, we were making up shit left and right, to, to cover our bases on what we believed. And, and now that they're discovering you know, ancient civilizations that predate Adam and Eve, you know, we're, we're making up additional, trying to make up the, make up Bible stuff. That's not even in the Bible. It's not, there's nothing in the Bible that predates Adam and Eve. There's nothing in the Bible that predates Adam and Eve, but evangelicals will make shit up. They'll make stuff up. And one of those things is the pre-Adamic race. That's not in the Bible, but they are able to take some scriptures and twist them around to, to make it so, so that it can fit the narrative. 
and and that stuff that I was learning in Bible college just it threw me off because I was like, wait a minute, okay, we value the word the Bible so much, and whenever the Bible doesn't cover something, rather than just saying, yeah, I mean that's possible, evolution is totally possible, or civilizations pre- before that predate whatever, like the earth being 4.5 billion years old, humans being on the earth for over 200,000 years old. Well, rather than, since that doesn't fit the narrative of the classic Bible interpretation, then then what we would do is we'd make stuff up that wasn't in the Bible to cover the bases so that we could still believe something that might not be true. Does that make sense? I, I feel like um, maybe that's not making a lot of sense. But again, this was all part of my, a part of my journey of, of uh, my crisis of faith. So for me, so I've been rambling, I guess, for this entire time. Let me get into this helpful information, I guess, for the last five minutes. I guess part of this is I just want you to feel like you're not alone and there's still hope. And just because you don't believe in God in the way you used to or the way your parents do or the way some of your friends do, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's it's okay. It, you, you can, God is not shocked. <laughs> he is our creator. We're created in his image. So I believe doubts and questions and, and concerns and all that stuff is totally fine. Now, what do you do if you're in a crisis of faith? Well, I would say this, don't do anything silly. Don't do any, don't do anything stupid. That's the one thing I would say is when you're in a crisis of faith, just don't do anything stupid and just continue to seek God, continue to pray, continue to to read. For me, what helped was reading books outside of the, the, the narrative of what I had been told. In other words, opening myself up to what's the opposing view here, right? What, what, what are those who are pro and those who are con, right? What the list of cons, the list of pros, like for and against what, what's out there? What, what is the, the opposite contrarian view? And that really helped me. And one of the first things that I really dug into was the whole homosexuality, which is not, I don't think it's really a debate now. I mean, there's still some people that think it's sinful, but those people are dying out quickly. I can't believe that people are even holding on to that anymore. But anyway, that's, yeah, it's it's like holding on to that. It's like holding on to slavery and, and being against interracial marriage. I mean, it's like, okay, you should just let this go. Anyway, that was one of the first things that I really took to task and studied and studied and studied and studied and studied and read books for and against, for and against, for and against. And, and eventually, which led me to, to part ways from the evangelical group that I was a part of, I ended up parting ways because they held a view of that being sinful. And, and I did not, I did not, I no longer, uh, interpreted the scripture, the six, I think there's six or seven scriptures that even remotely address the, the homosexuality, uh, issue, and, and in fact, Jesus never, never spoke 
about it. So anyway, that was the first thing for me. And, and so with whatever questions and doubts and concerns that you have, a, uh, you know, someone like me, I can talk to you about it and I don't, I can't tell you what to believe. I really can't. I'm not, I can't tell anybody what to believe. That's your own journey. You got to figure that out for yourself, but I can help maybe ask the right questions or at least bare minimum, uh, help you to journey in a healthy way or to have, let me put it this way. I know I can help people. I can provide a safe space. There we go. That's what I'm looking for. That's the word I'm looking for. I can provide a safe space. I'm not going to judge you for what you believe or don't believe. Um, your lack of faith does not interfere with my faith at all, uh, at all. An atheist does not threaten me at all. I love when I can talk to atheists. Absolutely. I'm fascinated by what they believe, what they think, but it doesn't threaten me. It doesn't threaten my faith at all. I can have my own faith while they maintain and have their own faith or lack of or whatever. So that's one thing I think that that I could possibly help you with is the kind of like a guide along that spiritual journey. And maybe, you know, I, believe it or not, this might shock you. I've actually coached some people and led them and helped them right back to being a full-on evangelical Christian. <laughs> you know, so I don't care. I'm not trying to get a disciple. I'm not trying to win disciples. I'm not trying to build a following in that way at all. That is not what I do not believe I was put on the planet for that. But I can provide and hold a safe space for you while you go through and have these questions and these doubts. And whether it takes you back to an evangelical faith or back to a Christian faith or back to Catholicism or back to Hinduism or back to Buddhism or back to agnostic or back even maybe you're atheist, whatever, you follow peace, you ask the questions, I'll hold space for you. And also continue to follow me here on my podcast and we can journey together and ask the tough questions and maybe every once in a while get an answer that brings us peace. Have a great day, guys. Bye.